This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Brought to you by Scott's. And a fond good Saturday morning to one and all on this 14th day of May. And uh, I'm just feeling great this morning, Charlie. But you're sounding a bit rough, Frank. Well, I'm lying, actually. It's <laughs> what I, I, uh, I, I gave one of my granddaughters a little kiss the other day, and uh, she had a cold. Absorbed <laughs> her, yeah. her. So I got a dandy. Oh. I, I've got so many pills rattling around inside me. I rattle when I walk. I'm, yes, indeed. I'm telling you. But no, I heard no. you. <laughs> I actually, uh, actually, no, I'm feeling pretty good, uh, despite all that. And you're, uh, you're, you're looking fine. Well, you're thank you. In fine fettle, as well, they say. Well, thank you very much. Mm. And a good morning to David Gaskin, our producer, yes. who in moments will be uh, answering your phones, uh, our phones. You'll be calling on your phone. The number uh, in Toronto to call, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-740. Four seven forty. We spare no expense on this show. <laughs> That's for yes. sure. <laughs> we spend very little on this show. Literally. Um, yeah, but uh, oh, and the the mantra I should squeeze in, Charlie. Yes, dear. Yeah. Uh, call early, call often. One question per call. There you go. Excellent. Well done. Well, thank you. Uh, okay, a couple of quick announcements. Yeah. Because it is that time of year. Yay. It's yes. just like, is it amazing? Oh, well, yesterday, what a difference it felt like the middle of summer. Oh, so humid yesterday. Yeah. But, I mean, all this warmth, and we had the rain, and then we yep. got some sun, and yep. all of a sudden, we went from Bing. looking pretty wintry to looking pretty green. Yeah. So, I think we're all jazzed up about that. I know I am. <laughs> and, of course... Perfect timing. The Toronto Botanical Garden is having its annual plant sale. It actually started a couple of days ago. It's on today and tomorrow from 10 till 5. So TBG, Leslie and Lawrence. What's so cool about this particular plant sale is that Paul Zamet, you remember Paul, he was he was here on the show. Yeah. He personally hand selects only the choicest plants for this sale, including a number of rare, unusual, and hard-to-find varieties. At the sale, during the sale, master gardeners are on hand to answer questions and offer gardening advice. They can give you great gardening tips, and you can learn about plant and color trends for this coming year. If you're a member, which, of course, everybody should be, 10% discount on anything you buy. Ooh, so that's okay. worth it. Money yeah. saving. All right. I love that. So TBG annual plant sale today, tomorrow, 10 to 5. Okay. Coming up on the Victoria Day weekend, which is the May 20th to 23rd weekend, the Workworth Lilac Festival will be in full swing. Now, Workworth is this beautiful little town that is not too far. It's kind of north of Port Hope. Okay. Um, yeah. It's it's in a what's now called the Trent Hills community. There's three. I was trying to place it in my mind. But yeah, that, Campbellford, Hastings, yeah. and Workworth. Workworth is just it's it's all very artistic, very creative. The beautiful little town, mm-hmm. very historic. They're having a lilac festival. So it and the, of course enjoy the lilacs, but it's it's an event. It's a cultural event. We've got on the Friday night. So of course that would be in May the twentieth, a jazz festival. On Saturday, Mark Cullen's 
Jason's going to be doing a presentation at noon. Then there's rock and roll that Saturday night. And Sunday night, the festival ends with a candlelight walk on the Lilac Trail starting at 7.30 p.m. So it sounds like a lot of fun. Plus, it is a very beautiful place to, to hang out for the weekend. Lots of information and tickets can be purchased at www. One word, WorkworthLilacFestival.ca. All right. Very good. On May 21st, from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., so again, this is on the Saturday, the Burlington Horticultural Society is hosting their annual, now listen to the name of this, this is their annual Plant Used Books Gardening gloves, lily bulbs, and bake table sale. <laughs> they got it all going. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if you need anything. It's just called the smorgasbord sale. Yeah, huh? it's it. So come on down and pick something up between 8 and 11 a.m. next Saturday. Like now, of course, the event is so big, it's taking yeah. place outside in the parking lot at the Senior Center where they normally meet, which is on New Street at Drury Lane. So how fun is that? Uh, okay, now just you were dancing and prancing there. Were you? Well, no, I was. I was thinking of the rock and roll uh, uh, thing, and wondering at the same time, do plants like music? I of mean, course, you know, certain I, music. And, well, rock and roll, you play them, I, I guess. Uh, but what about classical music? You know, they, uh, it they depends on the plant. Well, there you are. We yeah. have just like people, we have plants that are all different. <laughs> I was kidding, but she's not. I'm not you kidding. Know. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we have a special Ooh. guest coming up in about twenty minutes. <laughs> we will be joined by Alex Henderson. He's the curator of collections and the horticulturalist with the Royal Botanical Gardens. Oh, great! So he's okay. going to fill us in on what he does and what's going on at RBG. Excellent, excellent, my darling. Alrighty, we're going to be along to talk to Dorothy, uh, who's calling in from Coburg, in just a couple of moments here on AM 740's Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And I forgot to mention that I am the sous chef of the garden, <laughs> Frank Proctor. Gee, I'm so wound up there. Uh, what are you doing over there? I Just... <laughs> Good Lord. Sir, I'm adjusting my chair. <laughs> you should see this, folks. My God, you're going up and down like a toilet yeah, seat. Maybe I should just lower the microphone <laughs> instead of fighting with my chair. <laughs> hey, Dorothy in Coburg, welcome to the show. We need help right now. How are you doing this morning, Dorothy? Fine, thank you. I've got a cold, though, like you. Oh, boy. I think yeah. we have to have our share of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seasonal um, changes. I'm calling about my butterfly bush. Mm-hmm. I spoke to you in the fall to see what was the best thing to do in the through the winter mm-hmm. and you suggested to just leave it and prune it in the spring. Right. Well, I pruned it about a month ago and I've still got about eight or ten ugly stumps there. Nothing coming through. No little green. How tall are the stumps? How how t- Well, I cut it down to about Oh, eight, 15 inches, 18 inches. Okay, so two things. One is, I wouldn't have pruned it my, until you start to see the new green growth. Oh, And okay. you will typically see that right down at the base. Yeah. So pruning it a month ago, um, it, it appears that two things are going on. It's either dead or it's still dormant. Mm-hmm. So what I would do now, now that the soil has warmed up a bit, obviously the temperatures have increased, I would prune it again, yeah. uh, half the height that it is now, so take okay. it down to seven or eight inches tall. Yeah. If it is dormant, that will force it out of dormancy. There are, if it's alive, there's little buds underneath the bark right at the base, oh. and that will force them out. Okay. If after pruning it down by half... Give it two or three weeks. If you still see absolutely nothing, then it may not have survived the winter. Okay. Well, 
that's what I was beginning to wonder if I should get another one in because we want to see the butterflies. Of in course. Well, and you will, excuse me, find that butterfly bushes don't come into the retail stores until usually June, mid-June, late June anyway. Oh, So okay. don't panic that, you know, even if you wanted to get a new one, I think you'd have a hard time finding one right now. Yeah. But yeah. So, so certainly give yourself a good two, three weeks to try and get this guy growing. Okay. I see- gave it a good boost of fertilizer yesterday. Okay. So no more fertilizer because if, unless it's growing, it can't use that fertilizer. Oh, okay. So just leave it, just do that cutting down and try and force it out of dormancy and, and test see if it's alive. Fine. Okay. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Dorothy. Thanks, Dorothy. Thank you. Have a nice day. And the same to you, and take care of that cold. Boy, oh boy, it can be a dandy. 916 here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin from AM740 as we say good morning to Ursula in Toronto. Hi, and how are you this morning, Ursula? Good morning. I'm just fine, thank you. Good and stuff. how are you? Well, I'm, I'm surviving. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> morning. Good morning. Um, Charlie, a few weeks back, a lady caller phoned in to tell you about a product that she had found that helped her with her tomatoes because she was having the same problem um, that I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have. They can't rotate very well. Mm-hmm. And she said she just used this product and she just got wonderful <sighs> tomatoes. Do you, do you just, remember? Yeah, I'm just looking backwards because you're right. I remember that call and I'm sure I wrote it down. But one thing I will tell you while I'm just looking backwards here, uh, Ursula, I was speaking at one of the horticultural uh, uh, general meetings a few weeks ago, and one of the very talented gardeners who has been a a hobby gardener for many, many years, he told me that he is just like you said. He's a tomato person who can't rotate, and what he's doing is supplementing and amending his soil every spring with lots, and he's not taking soil out, but he's adding really good quality compost, uh, you know, good composted manure, just really banging some excellent amendments into his soil, and so far, so good. I think he's on his fifth year in the same spot with his tomatoes, and he's still feeling pretty solid that the quality and quantity has been holding up, oh. and uh, and he feels that the reason why is it, it, it's similar to, like you're calling about, you're calling about a synthetic fertilizer, and what uh-huh. he was doing is using a more organic methodology, yeah. which yeah. is to just ensure that the soil is in the best possible condition. Because uh-huh. tomatoes are heavy feeders, right? They, yeah. they need a lot of, of fertilizer, and there are always two ways to feed any of our plants, whether with a synthetic fertilizer or an organic or naturally occurring. Yeah. I just found the, um, the product that you were asking about. It's called Off the Vine. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Off the Vine is the trade name, I guess. The manufacturer is a company called Turf Revolution, and it is a fertilizer with the uh, proportions 4, 3, 6... And then it also has additional calcium in it. And that's why it is uh, recommended for tomatoes, because tomatoes do require calcium in order to maintain a good crop. Mm-hmm. Off the vine. Off the vine, made by Turf Revolution. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for the question, uh, Ursula. Thanks for being on the show. It's uh, 919. And uh, speaking of rotating tomatoes, just in my uh, my earphone here, just had word from our producer, David Gaskin, that he saw a few of those on stage at a nightclub recently, a couple of rotating tomatoes. Uh, and I'll, I'll have to investigate that uh, <laughs> later. However, we have to take a break right now. And... Uh, Hiya. Hi, Dave. Dave, they're coming in. They're zooming the, in, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're zooming in already. <clears throat> yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, we've we got to take a little bit of a break here. Uh, phone bef- numbers. 
Okay, yes. you do your phone numbers. I'll do phone numbers. 416-360-0740, Toronto callers, please, and 1-866-740-4740, out of town, anywhere in the province, toll free. And you? Before you go anywhere yeah. into the commercials, I just want to remind everybody that minerals are your garden's friend. Yeah. You know, I was just mentioning the yeah, fertilizer yeah. and calcium for tomatoes. Yeah. Just like minerals are your garden's friend, they're good for you, too. Sierra Sil is a natural mineral formula proven to be effective against stiffs, stiffs, aches, and stiffness. It's nice to have things that are effective against stiffs and acheness, making your garden and other activity or chores a whole lot easier. Stop laughing. one joint 14 or sierrasil.ca. There was a lot of editing going on in my mind, I can tell you that. We'll be back in moments. <laughs> Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, along here, saying hi and good morning to Carol in Etobicoke. Hi, Carol. Oh, good morning. Um, I'm uh, calling about a problem uh, regarding squirrels. Mm-hmm. I have three to 400 tulips in my gardens. And this year, along with my neighbors, the squirrels, uh, we back onto a woods, um, have nipped off all the tips, the tops, the flowers. So you had three or four (laughs) hundred flowers, yeah. Well, there's one clump of seven tulips left. Oh, no kidding. And it is surrounded by a ring of grape hyacinths. And they haven't touched that one. Isn't that funny? That is funny. And um, there's obviously something. I know that the squirrels don't like hyacinths and narcissi. But, but grape hyacinths, of course, are muscari. They're not that's true, yeah. known to be at all sort of nasty tasting or smelling to squirrels. So that's interesting. They wouldn't cross through the muscari to eat the tulips. Yeah. And <sighs> it's pretty frustrating because we've... Um, uh, well, I've just come back from Holland, and uh, I declined ordering uh, expensive Dutch bulbs to be shipped in the fall, because so I thought the squirrels aren't going to care what I paid for them. <laughs> <laughs> so but, um, it's uh, I, I I have to uh, go, get over to our nursery this week, and I thought maybe I might find an answer that. Well, how yeah, I... I mean, see, the thing with squirrels, there's really no good answer. It's there's a bunch of sort of, you know, sometimes people use blood meal as an example because mm-hmm. blood meal sprinkled on the surface of the soil is a smell that squirrels don't like and they will typically stay away. But, of course, as soon as you get some rain, the blood meal is all neutralized and you've got to put some more down. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and of course, it's some when we fight squirrels, we're fighting starting way back in the fall because it's that squirrels digging up our bulbs and replanting them for us all over the neighborhood. Yeah. And then you get them through that process and you get them up in the spring and everything's ready to go. And then all of a sudden they go and they eat the flowers. Yeah. Uh, honestly, one of the probably best ways to protect your, your tulips is with a dog because having a dog run around will scare the squirrels away. You know, they can't get comfortable and chow down. Yeah, but, my, my next door neighbor has three. I wonder if I can borrow one. Yeah, exactly. When the <laughs> tulips, idea, yeah. because I know I've had it where, and I, you know, squirrels. We we do think of them as being you know real crazy animals. But I've had it where I've gotten perfectly protected bulbs. You know, I've used chicken wire down under the soil, and I've used a spray that used to be on the market years ago, and everything's great, and the bulbs are coming up beautifully. And then it's like the squirrels are going, huh. 
think you're going to stop us. <laughs> and then they just wait. Yeah. Just wait till those flowers are coming, and then they mow them all down. So you got a lot of green leaves and single green stems and not a single Ooh, flower. Devils, yeah, so it's, it's really, really frustrating. Um, it's a protective thing, you know, and you don't want to put cages over all your tulips because then that would look silly. And not to mention if you've got hundreds, it would be a huge deal to do that. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it would be quite a chore. Um, yeah, I mean, mm. sometimes the motion detector sprinklers uh, can be something Ooh, that, that scares them. You know, there's something yeah. called the scarecrow, which is a motion detected sprinkler. That can sometimes, it's a you know high-powered sprinkler. As soon as they step into the garden, it bangs them in the side of the head with a of course, you've got to remember to turn it off when you go in the garden. Of course, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when it, yeah, when you're at the flowering stage, it's very tough. I mean, you'll you'll hear suggestions like cayenne pepper and all that, but the cayenne pepper goes back to when you you want to v- keep them from digging up your bulbs, and that's where you would put pepper on the surface of the soil way back in the fall. At this time of year, it wouldn't do any good at all. I've actually heard some nasty things about cayenne that it can cause blindness in oh, this dear. world. Well, it's, yeah, and, and that's why one of the reasons we don't recommend it. It's because they're sniffing around, and they sniff some pepper, and then they start sneezing, and of course it's uncontrolled sneezing. If it's, I don't know that's about the cruel, blindness, yeah. that's never been really sort of proven, but it does seem to have some cruel implications. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't recommend. I've never used cayenne, other than to keep a dog out of my garbage once I used cayenne pepper. <laughs> but I suppose I'm still good um, in terms of leaving the greenery there to, yeah, to feed the definitely, bulbs. And- definitely. And uh, you're just going to miss the flowers. Seven little lonely fellows. Yeah. And maybe take a tip from that. Maybe consider if you're going to purchase some bulbs, purchase some muscari for next year and use start using that to protect your, your other tulips that, that got eaten this year. That's um, probably, um, I'm beginning to think, is an excellent idea. Yeah. But uh, uh, it certainly looks weird. My neighbors have all been walking up to look at what's been going on. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I know I use a lot of muscari on the edges of my gardens, and but I'm not in Etobicoke. My my squirrels aren't quite as crazed as yours. You have more inbred squirrels than I do in the urban environment. I'm I'm in the suburban. <laughs> but well, uh, we've been here for nearly fifty years, so yeah. uh, we're. <laughs> We're well established as that's are right. they. Exactly, and that's why you get. That's what I find. The older the neighborhood, the more established the squirrels, the more wacky they are. So, it's uh, yeah. Consider some of the things we've talked about, and and uh, and good luck with that. But definitely leave the green leaves and fatten those bulbs for next year. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Carol. Thanks, Carol. Gee, Bye. that's a, that is yeah. a problem, eh? Uh, of course, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I do favor squirrels, uh, oh, like one-on-one. Oh, because you've got my, your baby. Feed my little Sammy out the door yeah. there, little gray squirrel, cute little guy. And uh, I, I've actually worked it. I've been so patient with this little fella that I'm feeding him a you know, the peanut in the shells. Mm-hmm. I've got him now to take one from my hand. Just, just my hand extended out a little bit from the door. To the patio. You know, if there's anybody uh, listening from, from sort of animal rights groups, they'd be saying you shouldn't be interfering with wildlife. Oh, beans. It's, <laughs> you know, it's like feeding the animals at the zoo or something. Yeah, You're not supposed well, to do that. You're, well, it's actually not the same. This, this but this wild... little guy shows up on time every day. <laughs> well, <clears throat> but what's... Well, I'm just going to say, what if you run out of peanuts one day? Yeah, well, there you go. I guess you won't. You'll just I'll have to invest in more peanuts. Buy, buy the <laughs> truckload of peanuts just to be sure you've got you've got enough on hand. Well, when we get our, our uh, guest on, Alex Henderson from Royal Botanical Gardens, then you know what? He might have a suggestion for our last caller's squirrel quandary. Yeah. Because okay. obviously we all know RBG has, it has a tulip festival going on right now. So let's see. Have we got have we got Alex on the line, Dave? Okay. Let's see. Good morning, Alex. Lynn, how are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? 
I'm really well, thanks. So, Alex, this is Frank Proctor. Hello, Alex. Nice to have you on the show. Hey, Frank. Thanks for having me. And Alex is Alex Henderson. He is the curator of collections and the horticulturalist for the Royal Botanical Gardens. So, I'm not sure. Did you hear our last caller, Alex? No, I didn't. Okay, so the last caller is a, she's a woman with three to 400 tulip bulbs, beautifully all coming up in her garden in Etobicoke. In the last few days, the squirrels have taken all the flower heads off. Yeah, um, tulips can be a, a buffet for squirrels and for deer. I mean, it's a problem that we have as well. So. I wondered, because you guys do have the tulip festival. Don't you go have something going on right now with your tulips? Yeah, actually, if you visit the rock garden today, the tulip festival's in full full flow and the the rock garden looks absolutely amazing and we've got over 50,000 tulip bulbs in oh, there wow. and we've also got daffodils all kinds of spring flowering bulbs. So, it, it looks really amazing. It's uh, and it's a beautiful garden not to mention but how do you keep the squirrels from chewing down those those tulips? Uh, well and... what we try to do is sort of like mix and match the bulbs that we plant so we try to put in some stuff that the, the squirrels won't eat. But, like um, yeah, daffodils. We, we keep a, a close eye on, on how we um, deal with the problem so there you go uh, yeah. well the the caller carol who just called she had an interesting observation which was some tulips that weren't chewed down were ones that had muscari growing around them oh well, that's interesting it Maybe is that's something we can try at rbg that's a great tip exactly because oh, i've never thought of muscari as being something that squirrels didn't like but they don't yeah. dig them up in my garden, so maybe they don't like hey, them. Hey, Carolyn Atopko, you've just yeah, given advice well, maybe, to the... Yeah, maybe we could try some companion planting and see <laughs> yeah. that works. It's I good. think that's a good idea, absolutely. So what else? What else? So the rock garden looks amazing. What else looks amazing at RBG? Well, right now it looks fantastic because, as we said, we've got the spring bulbs in flower, the cherries are in full flower, we've mm. got a magnificent magnolia collection, which just looks unbelievable right now. And we've got all kinds of spring flowering shrubs and perennials around the site as well, so... Get there fast because these things don't last forever and everything's in peak flower now. So right. uh, if you can visit in the next week, that would be great. And then if you can't get there right now, in the next sort of like two to three weeks, we've got lilacs. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've got the largest lilac collection in the world. I know, famous then, for your lilacs. Yeah, it, it's going to be unbelievable. And then we've got horse chestnut and buckeyes coming up, wisteria, mm-hmm. dogwood, red buds. I love... I love some, love the roses as well. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but I was just going to say I love some of the dogwoods at Royal Botanical Gardens. Yeah, you, the, the arboretum is going to look sort of oh. really, really amazing in the next sort of like couple of weeks. Oh yeah, because there's some very big, unusual, well, unusual for the Toronto area dogwoods that are just uh, whites and pinks and peaches and just beautiful, beautiful, not little yeah. scrawny shrubs. We're talking trees here. Yeah, well, the arboretum was planted in the 1960s, so we've got yeah. some fairly mature trees down yeah. there. And they just look really magnificent and it's unbelievable when you see them in flower especially with the red buds because it's just such a splash of color not you right that's right the big red oh it's gorgeous i know it makes me just want to jump in my car now with all this rain coming (laughs) come visit (laughs) i will (laughs) gee alex you sound like the prime example of uh, finding something you love to do and you'll never have to have a job you know (laughs) Yeah, I, I love getting up and doing my job. I mean, I've got the coolest job title in the world, the Curator of Living Collections, and I get to work with really smart people. I get to work with plants from around the world. Um, more importantly, I get to do something that's really important for the for the environment and securing sort of like the, the environment for future generations of Canadians. So it, it's a very fulfilling job. Well, that's great. And so, and so some of the things that you do, t- well, tell us a bit. Um, when, when you and I spoke yesterday on the phone, you mentioned that as being the, the curator of living collections, it's almost like 
the RBG is not just an ornamental place, but it's a living museum. Yeah, that, that's right. That's exactly it. So really my job is I'm the keeper of the horticultural heritage at the garden. So part of my job revolves around acquiring and caring for the plants and making decisions of what plants we collect, mm-hmm. how we preserve those plants, uh, you know, protecting the plants for future generations and also involved in the education and, and interpretation at the gardens and just really making sure that the, the gardens are there for the long term, for, for future generations. And there's a lot of gardens at RBG. Yeah, we have five gardens, five different distinct gardens, and then we've got the natural areas as well. And people may not know, but part of the Niagara Escarpment is our property, mm-hmm. and that's actually a world biosphere reserve, so it's internationally recognized. Mm-hmm. And what that means is we've got the most amazing waterfalls, restored wetland, forests, We've even got bald eagles um, on the property right now. Nesting. No kidding. Oh, wow. I heard, I read about that. I read that there had been some bald eagles sighted in that area. Yeah, so that, that's a really great news story because really bald eagles disappeared from the Great Lakes around the 1980s. So yeah. yeah they're an endangered so species. Uh, got a really great environment. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. And, and cool. you, yeah, you've got all kinds of sort of bird sanctuary things going on in the, in the area along the, the, the bay there, don't you? Yeah, it, as I say, it's a biosphere reserve mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of different habitats there, forest, wetland, um, waterfalls. So that's re- reflected in the sort of like animals that, that live in those areas as well. So we've got really unusual um, turtle species. And as I've mentioned, we've got the bald eagles. And there are also some really unusual plants that grow in the natural areas and they're actually unique to our property in Canada. So this is all the kind of important work that we're working on. Earlier in the show, uh, Alex, uh, Charlie was mentioning that, that everybody really should be a member of the uh, Toronto uh, Botanical Garden. It's the Toronto Gardens. Botanical. This yeah. is the yeah, Royal absolutely. Botanical. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really one of the premier visitor attractions in, in Canada, and it's a, a cultural jewel, and it dates from the 1930s. And we, we have stuff in the gardens and in the natural areas that you just cannot see anywhere else in, in Canada. So it really is a, a life-changing experience when you visit the RBG. And, you know, if you engage with it, it can really, really improve the quality of your life and, and just change the way you think about things. Well, Alex, can people actually access some of those natural areas? Are there, like, um, boardwalk trails? or what, How do you get into the areas that aren't the, the sort of five predominant gardens you mentioned? Yeah, the, the trails are actually accessible. Um, you can check our website, which uh-huh. is www.rbg.ca, uh-huh. uh, for all the latest information. Or you could actually phone us up, give us a call, and we'll speak to you in person, and we'll, we'll tell you what's going on right at the moment and where you can go. So um, we're a pretty accessible bunch of people, and we just love people visiting. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like I Phone bet. number, by the way, is 905-527-1158. That's it. Give it a call. Yeah. And um, and there's a gift shop, and when I'm there all day, I can get something to eat, right? There's yeah, places. The, the gift shop, believe it or not, are celebrating the 50th anniversary this wow. year. They're one of the oldest botanical gift shops yeah. in Canada. So, oh. again, you know, talk about cultural heritage. This That's is right. where it's at. It, <laughs> you're absolutely right. So what brought you to RBG? Because you, you came from England, right? Yeah, I did. I originally grew up in England. I, I worked at um, the Royal Botanical Gardens in Kew, but um, I visited Canada and I visited the RBG and I just fell in love with the garden. So, And you know, England's a, a nation of renowned gardens. Yes. So for me to come to work at RBG is a really, really big deal and it's been such a great transition. And, you know, the garden has so much to offer that um, other gardens can't. You know, you've got this really great mix of cultivated gardens and natural areas. Right. So it's it's, it's a unique mix. It's very special, no question. And you've been doing this job for a couple of years now. You've been there for, what, five years? 
Yeah, I actually arrived in 2006 and have been doing this job since then. So it's uh, it's a never-ending job and it's just wonderful because it's <laughs> always evolving and it's so interesting. And you get a little downtime in the winter or not? Oh, there's no downtime. <laughs> I, w- I wish there was, but we're always busy. So, you know, one common question is what do you guys do in the winter? Yeah. Well, we plan for the next year. It's when we do all the strategic planning sure. and ordering of plants. So, uh, and it's it's a really busy time, believe it or not. And you have tropical houses as well. So there's a, you're open year-round. There's always visitors, something to yeah, see. Yeah, absolutely. We actually have a Mediterranean uh, plant conservatory, and those plants have evolved to flower in the natural environment in around about February. So we have mm. a, a colourful display in January and February in the glass houses, which is perfect. So we have year-round visitation. What a great job. Yeah. It's Le- wonderful. Let me know when you're moving on, because I'll be applying. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be moving on soon. <laughs> hey, thanks so much, Alex. Have a great weekend. My pleasure. It's a pleasure talking to you. Come visit. Oh, for sure. Thanks, Alex. Great having okay. you on the show. Have a great day. All righty. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Now, just to be clear to everybody, the tr- the as Alex Loyal. said, very simple website, www.rbg.ca, or give them a call, 905-527-1158. RBG is right on Plains Road West, Burlington. So right on the yeah. edge of Burlington and Hamilton. Super accessible off the highway. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we have to take a little break, do we? Uh, do we believe? do. Uh-huh. I think. Are we going to do a little calisthenics before oh, we go? Of course. In, Just be, let me get working here. Because yes. remember, ah. it's gardening season. We have to stay limber. I took them. I've been taking them faithfully, especially since we got this cold. <laughs> by Sierra Sil. Yeah. Sierra Sil. Well, that's why you're rattling every time you move, because you, like you said, you got so much going on there. Remember, as I tried to mention a few minutes ago, minerals are your garden's friend, and they're good for you too. Sierra Sil is a natural mineral formula. It's proven to be effective against aches and stiffness makes gardening and other activities or chores a whole lot easier so give them a call 1-877-JOINT-14 or check their website sierrasill.ca there are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening but you need only one the am740 garden show with charlie dobbin continues brought to you by scott's and you know, uh, Joan in Hamilton has been hanging on the line so long that uh, I didn't need a shave when I first saw her name uh, come up on the, uh, on the board here, but now I do. Uh, Joan, thank you for being so patient, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> morning, Joan. Good morning, good morning. Yes, I waited patiently because I really need an answer to my problem. Okay. <laughs> um, I have some cuttings that I took uh, from an orchid cactus belonging to my sister. Mm-hmm. I've had it growing, had the cuttings growing for about a year and a half. Okay. They're nice and healthy. And they're in soil, when you, the, the cuttings. Like they're plants now, right? Well, they're plants yeah. now, okay. yeah. Okay, they started as cuttings, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're definitely plants now. Yep. Um, so, but I've had no flowers, and I don't know um, what I'm doing wrong. Now, your your sister is able to get this plant to flower? Well, she did. Um, hers... Uh, her plant died recently, oh. and she bought some more. But I have these cuttings um, that I took from her, mm-hmm. uh, and the flower, yeah, hers, green. hers flowered beautifully. It was really, really nice. That's why I wanted yeah. to get the cuttings and from And what her. color were they when they flowered? Red? I think they were... Pinky red. Yeah, yeah, just um, just to be clear for people that don't know of, to be uh, the difference. There's Christmas right. cactus, 
there's Easter cactus, and there's orchid cactus. No, all... this is not Easter or the other one. That's right. It's definitely the... orchid. That's I know right. It's definitely an orchid cactus. Yeah, that's right. Because they're th- these are cactuses or cacti, mm-hmm. but they're what we call the forest types, as opposed to the desert types with all the prickles, etc. That's et right. That's right. Now the the trick with an orchid cactus, mm-hmm. it's very similar actually to how we treat uh, an Easter cactus. They should flower in May and June. So right around now is when they they. When they should be they, mm-hmm. setting buds. Mm-hmm. So, um, where do I start? Well, I, I was would going p- to ask. I have well, they're in one. I have all these. Uh, it's in one pot, and uh-huh. I have about six or eight of them. Uh-huh. Do you think it's they're overcrowded? No, probably not. They no. usually have very very small root systems. Right. Okay. Uh, so That's don't right. worry about the overcrowding. Let's start with um, what to do this summer, assuming they don't flower. Maybe okay. they will, but just in case they don't. Mm-hmm. I would put those plants outside for the summer, right. the pot with the, with the little green stems. Put them outside in a shady spot. Protect them, obviously, from slugs. So okay. have them up uh, you know, on some little pedestal of some kind. Right. Are they in a clay pot or a plastic pot? They're in a clay pot. Perfect. Clay uh, <laughs> good. Clay pots are good because that, you know, you avoid rotting or too much right. moisture. So outside all summer, and of course that's once we're frost free, mm-hmm. you'll bring them in in early September. So the days will be getting shorter, the nights will be getting cooler. Mm-hmm. You'll bring them indoors. You, when you bring them inside, you'll put them in a sunny spot and treat them just like, like a normal houseplant. You'll water them when they are completely dry. dry. You'll water thoroughly. Okay. And that's true right up until about Christmas. Starting at Christmas, they need a rest. So that's oh. when you pull right back on your watering. So you'll, if you can cool them off, do so. Mm-hmm. They do still need to be in a sunny spot, and they are watered less frequently if they're in a cooler location. Right. Because they'll just, you know, you'll, you'll always feel the soil before you water. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure they are thoroughly dried out before you thoroughly water them. Okay. So, and that's if you can pull off that cooler location. Sometimes just right in a window all winter can be a fairly cool spot because, you know, it's... That's where that, they've been, actually. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And then during the, the so-called pre-flowering period, which is kind of the March-April time frame, uh, we continue to keep them dryish and cool until the flower buds form. Okay. Once the flower buds form, we increase water and temperature, and at that point, of course, you could fertilize as well. Okay. Now, what what would be good to feed them with? Then? I would give them. I mean, Miracle Grow would be fine. Is that okay? Yeah, mm-hmm. or a fifteen thirty fifteen, something that's going to be okay. a flowering plant fertilizer. Okay. I think the biggest trick with any of these forest type cactuses is giving them the right temperatures. You know, give mm-hmm. it's the cooling. It's the cool that seems to set the buds for a lot of them. Okay. Well, uh, maybe I've been keeping them a little too warm. Yeah, because re- regular room temperature does tend to be a little too warm. So if you okay. have any ability to put them in a cooler spot, that would be brilliant. All right. All yeah, right. she had them in her sunroom, mm-hmm. so it would be cool in the winter. Particularly yeah. at night, mm-hmm. right? It would cool right down at night, and then, of course, it would be probably hot and sunny on a sunny day, but cool on a cloudy day. Oh. And and that's what really seems to make the difference, to really cause that flower bud. Oh. Right. I don't want to give up on them. Don't. Oh, no. No, they're beautiful. <laughs> they're not a really beautiful plant, but boy, when they flower, they're beautiful. Get, get back to us and uh, let us know your success or uh, a failure. Well, they don't look great right now, that's for sure. <laughs> they tend to be a little scraggly looking. That's... They are, a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> not to I worry. Like to see a flower 
Well, get them yeah. outside and, 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 you know, even leave them out till it, we get some real good, you know, cool, right down to two degrees at All night. Right, but they kinda don't kinda cool. want a lot of sunshine, right? Well, we put them in the shade just because they'll, they'll burn. Their right, little leaves will burn. Right. So you can slowly bring them into kind of half-day sun and half-day shade All uh, right. once they've been we'll out for a bit. another try. Okay. <laughs> thanks, thanks for calling, Joan. Okay. Thank uh, you very much. You are oh, welcome. Bye. Yes, bye. indeed. The Garden Show here at AM 740. And we uh, are awaiting a little chat here with Lori from New Castle will be to you, Lori, in just a moment here on Charlie Dobbins Garden Show from AM740. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, saying hi to Lori in Newcastle. Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. How are you guys? Good. We're great. I have a problem. Mm-hmm. I have an enclosed area which was filled in with limestone screening. And I've been digging it out, and I've got down about two feet. And my plan was to add fresh soil, and I wanted to plant um, some kind of ornamental grass or carex, maybe ribbon grass because it is enclosed. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I, I don't know if anything is going to grow there because of the limestone. Well... I'm just trying to think. I mean, limestone, of course, is going to cause the pH to be higher than we want it to be. Most plants thrive in a neutral or close to neutral um, uh, pH. So if you dig out as much as two feet of those screenings and you backfill with good quality topsoil that you've amended with some peat moss, I right. think you'd be in good shape for, for perennials. Most perennials aren't going to send their roots down more than, you know, six, eight, ten inches. Okay, so I should be all right there. I think so, yeah. I mean, and if in doubt, it will will change. Like when you first add soil on top of lime, it's all going to be very separated. But as time goes on, the worms will start mixing things up for you. And uh, that's where the the peat moss is going to help because that's going to help maintain that lower pH. That's right. And and you know what? A simple pH test is going to be a way to kind of keep track of what's going on in there. Okay. Um, Off the top of my head, I'm just trying to think if there's anything that loves a high pH. And I'm not thinking of anything, you know, uh, like a higher than average pH. There are many plants that love a low pH. Right. But uh, um, and certainly ribbon grass is a good example of a plant that's pretty much can grow anywhere. Yeah. So might be a good one and, you know, can be quite ornamental. Uh, And it's you get a bit of sun in there, I hope. Yes, I do. It faces the east. So it gets a morning sun uh, until the afternoon. Um, I was thinking of planting maybe like a carex, a low carex. Mm -hmm. but I wasn't sure how grass has reacted to uh, the limestone. I mean, I'm open to planting anything as long as it's not too tall. You know? sure, yeah, so you want something that's only going to be maybe 8 or 10 or 12 inches tall. Yeah, 12 inches, 14 inches at the most. Okay. Um, uh, and where I am now, where I've dug down, it's almost like concrete. Yeah. It, it gets just... Well, that's the problem with limestone screenings. Yeah. When they compact and water mixes with the limestone, it does become a solid, like literally almost like concrete or cement. Yeah. Should I maybe line the area with... Sand. Sand or newspapers or... No, I'd be inclined. If you really are going to dig out as much as two feet, I'd be inclined to put a couple inches of, of very granular sand, not the play sand that we put into the sandboxes, but real granular. It's called like horticultural sand. It's got gravel in it. Put that down as a good three-inch layer on top of the limestone yeah. just to try and facilitate whatever kind of drainage that you can. You're going to end up with that hard pan down there where water will collect if we get rainy days day after day after day. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so that is the limiting factor of having. How deep does it go, the limestone? You don't know, I guess. Or? I don't know. I've, I've one side is a sidewalk, and the other side is like six by six timbers, mm-hmm. and um, there's that area in between the sidewalk and the timber. And this is what I've dug out. I'm um, amazed that somebody excavated that deep. Wow. Well, to, I guess filled. they had put a sidewalk down, right. but. Um, you know, and then they filled in this area that was beside it right. with the rest of the limestone screening and, <laughs> and then rocks on top of that. Well, uh, I've dug it out as much as I can go, and now it's kind of like concrete. Yeah. And it's gone down about two feet. Swimming oh. pool. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, usually even for sidewalks, we only excavate eight to ten inches at the most. And yeah. then, like you're saying, f- backfill with things like limestone and aggregate to keep the drainage going. So somebody was really trying to not garden there. They're really trying to make sure nothing right. grew. Right. Well, you know what? In the meantime, continue excavating. Get some sand, get some good quality triple mix and some peat moss. And I will do a little research over the next over this coming week and come back next week. And if I come up with something that really is just likely to do very, very well in that situation, I will let you know then. Okay, that's great. Thank okay. you very much. Thanks, My Lori. pleasure. Thanks, bye. Bye-bye now. Uh, Hey, we're all over the map today, from Newcastle to Brampton, and John Mm. is on the line. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Great. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Uh, I've got a couple of questions here. I'm uh, sort of a novice here. I really don't know anything about gardening, but the lady in my life has got two green thumbs. Mm, good for you. Wow. Oh, i got two regular thumbs. Well, that's okay. You just do what you're told, and it all works out fine. <laughs> I do. I follow, of course. I would like to get a book or a title of a book that uh, um, sort of is like the Bible, the Reader's Digest, condensed version. <laughs> condensed how version. How to come up to speed on plants and gardening and the whole kit and caboodle. Huh. What would you recommend? Well, I guess that it's that condensed version that's throwing me off because Reader's Digest really did do a monster encyclopedia oh. years ago, but it's not condensed. It's, you know, a thousand pages long. Yeah, yeah. Um, general all-purpose. Uh, you know what might... I can't even think of the title of it, but Mark Cullen, you've heard of Mark Cullen. Yes, Mark Cullen. He published a book, it would be about uh, two years ago now. Right. And I think it's called The Organic Garden Primer or something the, like that. Something like The Organic Garden Primer? Primer. So it's oh, a garden primer. Yeah. So the idea is that it's, it's a book that is trying to help you understand everything from the soil to the you know, light levels to yeah. different plants, you know, edible and ornamental. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, it's a, in a sense a condensed book because it's really trying to cover the whole gamut of gardening. Wonderful. Uh, um, but it, it's, very, it's got great pictures in it. It's very readable. Uh, he has published other books over the years. So if you go into any bookstore, just look for his most recently published book. And right. I think if you flip through that, you'll say, oh, this, this could be a real good basic you know, starting point book. Yeah, because I need to begin at the beginning here. Okay. Is your uh, your partner with the green thumbs, is she pushing you to this? Or, uh? <laughs> no, 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 no. She's, uh, this is just her natural ability. I got some other talents. <laughs> well, good for you. Good for you for being interested to learn more. Because, yeah, cause, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I find in my family, I'm the authority and everybody, if they just do what they're told, it works. Yeah. Every now and then. Same they, here, too, at the station. They, uh. they fight me on stuff and it's like, hello, who's the expert? <laughs> so. Could I ask you also how to grow a tomato on a, a balcony? Uh, lots of sun. On a, an apartment building balcony? Okay, w- with tomatoes, it's all about the sunshine. Sunshine. Minimum six hours daily. Six hours daily. And small tomatoes can go into, you know, eight or ten inch pots. But as soon as we're talking beefsteaks, you need 
minimum half barrel sized pot because you know to get the big we're talking half barrel size Pot. Well, so big pots, big tomatoes. You know, big. small pots, small tomatoes is oh, the hey, bottom that. line. <laughs> and I guess the other real important uh, trick in all of that is when we're, gr- we're gardening in containers or in pots, remember we use potting soil in our pots. We use garden soil in the garden. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry, say that again. Potting soil. I'm, I'm on a balcony, so. Okay, so potting soil. When you're, when you're filling your pots, buy potting soil. Right. Don't cheap out and try and put garden soil into pots. It won't work. Okay, there's a big difference in the price, but you need to use potting soil in your pots in order to have a good crop. And when and garden soils only, of course, for a backyard. Exactly to go oh, in the ground. Uh, he's yeah, learning yeah. real fast. There eh? you go. I'll and tell he's you. writing. I'm a he's <laughs> writing fast. Thank you to you. Have a wonderful program. Thank oh, you great. very much, Thanks, John. John. Good luck with I your with Thank your you. learning. Okay, yeah. Oh, Patrolman Proctor almost had his ticket book out there. Uh, second question. But he was such a nice guy. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Well, I was trying to answer him quick anyway. But yeah, yeah that, the <laughs> mantra just got you know messed yeah. around with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call early, call often. One question per call. But he didn't do the early. Early or the, or yeah. the one question he was <laughs> you'll hey. have to become an often John but, feel free to call again at some other time listen uh, it's been a great show today a lot of great questions and uh, lots of fun we do love to hear from you people so thank you so much for the great calls I also love to get mail and I really probably don't have time well unless I tell you really quickly I got a, a nice letter from Neil Mintz so Neil if you're listening thank you he does ask a question he was this is back in April he was raking and there was something about black stuff on the ground and he was wondering what the black stuff was and he's asking me in the letter like he doesn't know what it is small piles of what look like he refers to it as small black fox vomit um he calls it the black scat from belize so i don't and whenever i see black chunky stuff in the garden or around the garden i always think about the raccoons because that's what Uh raccoon excrement looks like so bottom line is that's probably what it is but we i do love to get mail love to get phone calls and email so keep it coming and everybody have a great week we'll see you next week this has been an exclusive podcast of the garden show with charlie dobbin heard every saturday morning at nine on zoomer radio the new am 740 this has been an exclusive podcast of the garden show with charlie dobbin heard every saturday morning at nine on zoomer radio the new am 740 This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.